Hello and welcome to RegTech Impact Mona. Um, who are you and what are you doing? I am uh, Mona Zoot um, and thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm uh, Mona Zoot. Um, I live and work in Singapore at the moment. Uh, I have my own company, which is RegTech Revolution, uh, which is all around regulatory technology. Uh, we are a business accelerator, an educator, and an ecosystem builder and uh, in the regulatory technology space. And we try to help uh, risk management compliance functions to stay relevant in the digital age. Uh, we do that with a few uh, initiatives. Now, one is a uh, training program that we have where we train uh, professionals to be more aware of um, the use cases that are out there that they could use, the underlying technologies that are out there that underpin uh, uh, the technology uh, and, and how they can help them with their businesses. And um, a little bit about the history of regulatory technology um, and also a little bit about you know, uh, regulatory technology beyond the financial service world. Uh, so that's broader than only the financial service world and um, the future of regulatory technology. Uh, it is relatively hands-on. It's almost a full-day course, but we can slice and dice when we provide it into a workshop, uh, workshop style. Um, and then we have an, uh, an acceleration program that mainly helps companies to uh, expand uh, into Southeast Asia and land in Singapore. Um, uh, and we do that by, you know, um, discussing the go-to-market strategy, leverage our uh, knowledge uh, with our connections, which are locally based, but also regionally based and connecting the dots globally. And um, and we, uh, we, we help them with their sales and the marketing itself and the branding. Um, so, yeah, that is more or less in a nutshell uh, what we do as uh, services. And then we're now building um, a digital platform to really match make uh, solution providers with solution seekers. Uh, so this B2B and then also try to help them with, um, uh, with the implementation phase and the aftercare so that the whole process will go relatively smoothly and more quickly than if you, you know, just have to search in, in, in the market. That sounds great. Um, may I ask you, what were your first contact with the rec tech industry? Can you remember that? Yeah, so that is, I, I guess, uh, six, seven years ago here in Singapore. I uh, first started with um, uh, with an advisory service company around reg uh, uh, regulation uh, management and um, also uh, training with uh, within um, AML KYC. Uh, because I'm specialized in anti-money laundering and uh, financial crime. Um, but then uh, Singapore was already busy with, uh, with fintech, uh, financial technology. And um, I was interested in blockchain technology. I became a member of the local uh, association, which was Access, uh, which has now become a relatively big one. But back then it was super small. And with my regulatory background, as I have been working in, in the banking world for quite a few years within uh, the regulatory side and compliance side, um, I thought, okay, I can help out with, you know, what kind of frameworks that need to be in place 
if you look at emerging market technology and then, of course, blockchain. And I was super interested in it from a client onboarding perspective at KYC. I thought that would be a great solution for that. Thought a little bit simple uh, back then, but uh, in any case. And um, yeah, so that's the way I came uh, about, you know, uh, fintech. And then with fintech, of course, everybody thinks about financial uh, products. And then, of course, the disruption. So uh, outside of the bank, what kind of products would be there after uh, the financial crisis? But of course, eh, whenever you are innovating and you have a financial product, the question is also, is it from a legal and a regulatory perspective possible? And then, you know, we were talking about, okay, but that's the regulatory side. And then somebody in that group said, oh, you mean RegTech? And that's the way Mm -hmm. I came about the term RegTech. Oh, interesting. That means about seven years ago. Uh, Yes, long time. But um, let me think about... How do you define RegTag? Um, do you have a definition of RegTag? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think everybody has his own definition a little bit. It's not written in stone yet, right? Uh, for me, it is really um, the emerging market technology that is being used to enhance the regulatory space, uh, to reduce costs, to boost revenue, to um, to um, to mitigate uh, risks effectively, of more effectively, and then but still stay uh, safe and uh, secure, and um, and the implementation is simple and uh, and uh, the use is also very easy. That's interesting. It's more about also regulation and compliance, risk and governance, or it's more like being in the regulation area? For me, it, it is both. I mean, for me, for for my definition, it is relatively mm-hmm. broad as long as it's in the regulatory compliance risk management space. Mm-hmm. I would say it is about the more non-financial data um, space instead mm-hmm. of the financial data space. Uh, but yeah, you know, I know everybody has his own definition about it, but I want to make it as broad as possible because at the end of the day, it is about, you know, making the compliance and risk management function still relevant, whereas the data becomes really huge and it's almost impossible to work in the same way as a few years ago to, to absorb the data, to analyze the data, uh, to manage the data, to uh, to mitigate risks. And so for me, it is really broad. And it's also not only the financial services industry, like I already said, you can use it for almost every industry. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely interesting. Um, let me think about what should RegTags learn or consider working better with established companies or even to win them as customers? Do you have an idea? Um, I think, you know, of course, there, there, there are always improvements. I mean, RegTech companies, uh, per definition, uh, because it is relatively early stage, they're relatively young. They don't have that big of a track record yet. Um, uh, even if they have one or two clients, it doesn't mean that, you know, uh, that the products can, can, can survive everywhere. I think... Uh, first of all, it, it depends on where you are. So we are here in, in Asia, Singapore. 
Um, here, the focus of RegTech companies in the first place, much more on the technology. So they, they want to talk about uh, blockchain technology or AI or uh, the buzzwords. And then they don't really think about the problem statement or what the problem the, the, the company or the solution seeker should have. So they built the product and then all of a sudden they try to match it with, you know, to, to sell it to, to the problem seeker. And the problem seeker, the B2B says, oh, sorry, this was not really actually my problem or it is not my most prominent problem that I tried to solve. I think if you look at the other side of the world more in the UK or, or Europe and even the US, the, the, the process is a little bit the other way around. There, uh, people actually look at the problems of the companies itself. They do the research and they um, and then they come up with the solution. And the solution doesn't per se have to be, uh, you know, in the first place, oh, the technology is perfect. Of course, the technology will evolve and it becomes more perfect. But then there, I think... A lot of the challenges are around the sales process as well. So where you, you are, when you grow a little bit bigger, you have one or two clients, you get more salespeople in. And those salespeople are, of course, not the people that really have looked at the, the problem statement or have looked at the, the whole holistic way of why you actually build that product. They just want to sell the product. And nine of the 10 times they, you know, either oversell uh, or, or, um, or they promise things that they cannot implement or, or, or there is not an, um, a, a team that is actually reliable to, to um, help with the maintenance or there is not, not enough training. So there you get, I think, quite a few times problems in, in the whole phase when you sign the partnership agreement, but you from both sides, you haven't really agreed upon, you know, uh, or asked the right questions or agreed on what the real de delivery is. I think those are challenges what startups have and it could you know, be improved. I absolutely agree. Um, let me think about established RegTechs. Mm. Um, do you have any recommendation to how established RegTechs can be actively engaged in media region like Singapore? Um, I think established RegTechs are actually already engaged quite well in, in 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 the region i mean like i said at the end of the day you 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 try to build a product and if it's successful and you you have your market fit you uh you go out and and you sell it right and and once you get more funding in you you expand into other areas of other other countries or other regions i think they are already doing a great job i do think it is still I mean, the whole RegTech industry is still relatively young. Um, the products are still relatively young too. Um, I, I do think that um, from a uh, marketing perspective, it can be sometimes a little bit challenging because the people who are actually building the products, nine of the founders and the co-founders are not per se marketeers and they also are not really, not always knowing um, how they need to do the digital marketing or the branding, etc. So they are happy when they have a client in, in, in their hometowns or in their region. But if they have to go to other regions, that that can become tricky. Um, but I but I don't think that is from a perspective that uh, that they don't want to do it. It is just from a perspective that the knowledge is not there. 
Um, and also, I think a little bit sometimes there is an, a gap between, um, you know, the, yeah, like I said, the company who builds the product, which are nine of the 10 times uh, technology based people. If you don't have the right group of people together that actually and the sales and the compliance people uh, or legal people and, and the marketing people as a whole, in, in, in the in the other region as well, which is of course a little bit chicken and egg because you need to have a lot of money to to get that and to to be able to do that. But yeah, then it's of course very difficult to to sell it into other areas as well. Absolutely. Um, we're talking about technology. What is your view on the fast changing technology landscape to this world? Do I have an opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think on the one hand, it is changing super fast. I mean, um, uh, let's face it, COVID has also arranged that everybody works from home and uh, and it's no-brainer that all of a sudden even the financial institutions say, okay, you know, my people can work from home and it's secure and safe, whereas before COVID, nobody wanted to do that, right? Especially in the compliance area, by the way, from a security perspective. Um, with that said, of course, cybersecurity becomes now much more important because everybody wor is working from home. So I think there is a huge opportunity for companies to become even better uh, cybersecurity-focused companies than e ever been before. But I think on the other hand, um, yes, it is evolving, the technology, but it depends a little bit. I mean... For instance, AI already existed from the 50s and it has evolved, but it has taken more than 70 years before it now becomes all of a sudden a huge buzz and, you know, everybody's talking about it. So you could also say it takes already a while. Um, blockchain technology, yeah, there are different scholars about, you know, whether it's new or not and also whether it's, really it's an infrastructure and it needs to evolve and evolve before it really becomes something that we can actually use as 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 countries as as the whole global uh, uh yeah uh, community right so it, that's not going to be fast in a certain way as well although the involvement of the technology itself goes relatively fast but the scalability is is there an issue so i think from my perspective Yes, we need to educate ourselves already because it is evolving and some parts are going very fast. And if you don't educate yourself now already, then you really have a problem later on to understand what has happened. But I do think we are at the moment in a real transition phase where, mm. um, where it's not like, you know, oh, it's the end game already. No, that end game will, will, will take a while. Um, what do you think are the three major upcoming trends in technology in context of red tech? Um, that for, for me, it is definitely in the, in the artificial intelligence space and then uh, machine learning and deep learning. I think there, there, that, that has a huge potential to, to evolve and, and become really a forward-thinking kind of tool for uh, risk management so that you... Mm -hmm manage your of a bit not, not even mitigate your risk but, but that you actually prevent disaster from happening which you want to what you want to see instead of you know um instead of just managing afterwards when a disaster already happens so i think that is something that is really important 
Um, I think blockchain technology has in certain ways with, with, uh, with artificial intelligence very good uh, possibilities, but I think that will, that will take, uh, take a bit and, and it, a lot of money is needed for that. So there are a lot of collaboration between all the ecosystems, especially government bodies, so public bodies as well is necessary for that. But it, it will definitely happen, uh, not in the near future, but in the distant future as well. Um, and for the rest, of course, you know, the cloud, uh, using the cloud is already happening, but in, in Asia, it's a little bit behind because people find it scary. What is a cloud and, you know, where, where does my data go to, etc. But again, yeah, of course, that is one of the, the, the things that, that, uh, that is adamant, uh, that everybody is going on that and, and that it's going to happen. To sum it up, Mona, we you talked about AI, blockchain, chain, uh, blockchain, and cloud. Yeah. That okay, very interesting. And do you have any regtech company? What you say they impact are really interesting, and we should uh, talk about them, about the solution. Do you have any names? If not, it's okay. Yeah, I I I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, mention Rectech companies by name. I think, let's put it that way. I think some companies are really doing well when they're a platform company that actually really can, um, you know, tweak around its technology till for cert, for different use cases. Like I said, my philosophy and my vision is that uh, Rectech is much broader than this only for the financial services world, wherein we started, like, you know, KYC, KYC solutions, monitoring solutions, um, uh, the reduction of false positives, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, these are huge issues in the financial services industry, but I don't think that is Rectech uh, in the broadest sense of the world. Uh, word. Um, Rectech is for, it's like supervisory technology. I mean, supervisors need to become more automated to make sure that uh, for regulatory reporting purposes as well. But regulatory reporting is not only for the financial service industry, it's for all kinds of industries. You have also internal um, management that you need to do, uh, policy management, that kind of stuff. It, policies, you have everywhere policies, right? I mean, mm -hmm. can be HR policies, privacy policies, you name it. And that's that you manage that well, whether whether you're a small or a bigger company and be compliant is also necessary. So I think companies that really think things through from an end-to-end -end perspective and can tweak around with the, the, the requirements and the technology, those will uh, thrive more and better to, uh, to come up with different use cases than companies that are really having silo kind of little solution that uh, you know that might be fantastic and 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 really sophisticated, but if it's just only you know be possible to be implemented in one piece, then probably that is not going to survive for a long time. Very interesting. Um, we talk about transformation and to be able to transform the risk management or compliance function into the digital age, all parties of the global ecosystem, I mean public and private, should work together. And the question is, who globally can, is, are taking the lead in this? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, we we try to bring parties together, also with RECPAC, to make sure that we get that 
conversation ongoing. I mean, that's also the reason why we actually started uh, last year with the, with the global summit. Um, it's uh, always a public-private kind of um, conversation. We, we work with regulators here in Singapore, but in the region and try to, you know, connect the dots overseas as well. But I mean, we shouldn't be the only uh, only party, right? So everybody, like you're saying, need to be a part of it. I think there are now some RegTech associations around the globe as well that we should all connect with and work together with. And um, uh, and it is, it is, I guess, not only the associations and stuff like that. It is definitely the government bodies and regulators that should really collaborate with each other too. Um, as, as you know, if, if you don't have that conversation on, on that level with public-private, uh, it always stays in a silo kind of mode in the sense of, okay, a country do, does A and the other does B. But, you know, if you look, for instance, it's so difficult to accomplish that because if you look, uh, for instance, at the AI guidelines that are coming out now in the EU and then, you know, uh, Asia is going to do something as well and the US is going to do something as well. I mean, you already see that, you know, it's not happening together. It's happening separately. So we definitely are not there yet, but I do think we need to continue to, to you know, to work together to connect the dots. And is it with us? Is it with other associations? I mean, yeah, the more the merrier in a way, right? Absolutely. I mean, what could be? I mean, every as you told, AI, uh, Europe, and is there or, or is there a need or is there how you can say uh, that somebody can be globally deleting this that is i think a good question yeah i don't know who could be the person no, or the <laughs> you need to be then really think global and 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 try to um, put away your your regional or local uh, policies right i mean that you need to overrule the local and, 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 and regional policies or procedures that you uh, also have as a, as, as a political game. And it's easier said than done because, you know, everybody also wants to be the first in a certain way to, to accomplish certain things. Have compliance or regulatory people in your team. And I think a lot of the times... Um, uh, People that would like to build a product, especially hey, in the technology area, they all think about technology. Yeah, we need to have so many technology people, blah, 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 um, which makes, of course, you need them as well. Super important. But they don't understand the business side. They don't in understand what kind of requirements is, is necessary to build in those, um, those, those technology kind of uh, layers. And also they don't know how you probably need to tweak around because the uh, regulation changes all the time, right? So you need to be able to, to make sure that your technology can change with whenever the regulation changes as well. And we see really often that um, that, that doesn't happen. There is first a tech team that builds something uh, advised probably by, by an advisory board that, that is not really um, busy with the day-to-day. And then they have a product and then they figure out, oh, yeah, we need to have some other people uh, involved as well. But then that product is already there. So I think it really needs to come from 
people from the industry together, of course, with the technology people as well. That would be the best, uh, best way to go about it. Absolutely. Um, if we're talking about education and training is key. So who provides bad hands-on training workshops in this area? So others can learn from it and collaborate with where necessary in Red Cat context. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, we have also a very basic uh, 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 RecTech 101 training program. So, yeah, you could always have a look at that. Um, like I said, it is basic. So, uh, if you want to have more in deep dive, I think there are quite a few, these days, quite a few training programs that are out there from MIT. Um, but even uh, in Singapore as well as NUS, uh, MTI, um, Singapore Fintech Association has an... Um, as an academy as well. Um, I think the way it is now set up is a lot of the RecTech courses are in part of the FinTech program, uh, which again, I'm not totally happy with because I do think it is it should be broader, but, uh, but yeah, you need to start somewhere, I guess. Um, and also because it is still relatively new, I mean, how much? about regulatory technology can you already talk about and train about if you if you don't have uh, built it yet the whole um, base as well right so i think mm -hmm. if you want you 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 have quite some courses to do and 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 uh, you can at least familiarize yourself with what is out there but i don't think it's only training you should really go to all those um events well not all of them but quite some specific events as well that are being organized also globally. I mean, in New York, in London, uh, in Singapore, there are quite some global events that's being organized and, and talked quite a bit about training and or education as mm -hmm. well. Uh, but the other side, it's also the governments. I mean, again, Singapore is really uh, straightforward and forward thinking in it by saying we have the uh, future of skill set training, wherein they have now also uh, fintech training. Uh, part of it is also regtech training. And people can actually get a, a huge discount to, to do those training. For instance, the International Compliance Association has, um, has partnered up with the MAS uh, IBF, which is a training arm. And they uh, provide certificates um, in in certain areas as well, and you can yeah you can get ninety percent discount. So there is a no brainer to do that training, and you know familiarize yourself there uh, because you don't almost have to pay anything for it. So that's not the point anymore. Like oh it is too expensive, whatever. It's not the case. But that's in Singapore. I'm not sure whether it's everywhere because I do know some training can be quite expensive, um, but. Uh, And, and I also don't think that everything has the same value. Uh, I really think you need to do a little bit of your research to see what you're interested in or what, what, what it is that you want to get out of it and then uh, join it. But I think, you know, there are quite a few out there already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, only two, one questions. The first question would be, um, what do you think about the future of RegTech? Do you have an opinion about the future of RegTech in three years? Okay. Um, I think in three years, um, won't be changed that much as now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because I think we are still, you know, in the face of trying to get uh, solutions 
partnering up with um, with either the traditional businesses, large incumbents, or actually um, much more partnered up already with bigger fintechs and even other regtechs. So I think that will continue at least for the, for a few more years because the ecosystem is still relatively young. But if you ask me in 10 years time, I think it will be a different ball game. Then we will really see much more use cases, like I already said, not per se in the financial services world, but everywhere. Because everywhere uh, in the regulatory space, people need to um, change their way of working because of big data, uh, left or right. So you need to become more agile. You need to automate uh, and you need to innovate. And um, so I think in 10 years time, we will see much more automated uh, areas within the regulatory technology space where technology is used much more. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's a public private kind of organization. It is both probably much more already, uh, you know, uh, aligned. Absolutely. Muna, the last question. What would you do if you were not working in the rec tech industry? <laughs> Good question. Um, I, I always, uh, I, I love art as well, and I lo love horses. So I think I really would like to, you know, have an, uh, an, uh, an, <laughs> an art shop uh, and, and, uh, and, and a horse farm. And then uh, I do both of that. And then I travel a little bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect. Muna, it was a pleasure having you on RegTech Impact. Yeah, yeah, Have a nice so. day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.